Hi, you guys. I'm your host, Shahira Jones, and welcome to another episode of Dating with Herpes. I know it's been a long time, and y'all probably wonder what happened to me, where I've been. And like my previous episodes, I know I might sound like a broken record, but there has been so much going on. It's just so much going on that time just slips away from me um, between issues of my family life, um, making time for my relationship, my two jobs. And now I'm back in school full time. It's just been a lot. So I'm sorry. But bear with me, you know, my plan was to go from one week to two weeks between episodes. And this time and the last two times, it's been like three weeks to four weeks before I posted a new episode. So I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to slack off that much. But when I tell you, it's been a lot going on. It's been a lot going on. So hopefully, I know I said this is the last time, but hopefully I will get into a new episode. Um, ritual, not ritual. What is the word I'm looking for? Is it ritual? Well, whatever the word is, y'all know what I'm talking about. Hopefully I'll get into a new flow. How about that? Where I can manage my time a little bit better. Things that throw me off are my family issues. Um, kind of got the job thing down packed, the new, um, thing or new plate that I'm tossing in the air now or juggling now is school. But, um, my family issues, they take, they take a lot out of me because it's not only time, it's emotional stress. You know what I'm saying? So, um, hopefully, um, I'll begin to get a better flow because I had to learn how to start saying no. I love my family, but you know, I got to learn how to say no, and I'm still learning how to say no. So hopefully I can get back into a new flow, you know, that won't take me away from y'all as much like has been doing you know, the last couple of months. So anyway, and actually I'm, I'm going to confess, I actually considered stopping this podcast because it's just seemed like every time I do another episode, something else is going on. Like, especially with my family life. Like, and I'm just like, do I even have time to do this anymore? But I love doing it so much. I love you know, speaking what's on my heart. I love talking about this subject because I know I've gone through the trenches and now I'm back, you know, up on the, on the, um, peaks of the mountains in some senses. (laughs) Um, but you know, I want to help, you know, people who are in those Valley moments, which reminds me of that old song. There's a lily. It's in the valley. Found it to be bright as a morning star. There is a lily in the valley, bright as the morning star. There is a lily in the valley, bright as the morning star. completely random that was not planned (laughs) but me saying a valley experience you know made me think of that old song by john p key but there is like the song said there is hope the lily in the valley means that there is hope so i hope to be hope to some people not that i'm hoped 
for, you know, everything. But, you know, hopefully my stories and the stuff that I talk about gives someone hope for that this will get better. You know, seeing that I'm now, you know, dealing with this a little bit better. That is, you know, hope for them that, you know, their situation will get better too. So anyway, now that I've sung my my hymn note, let's get into this episode. (laughs) So on the last episode, I talked about how we find our purpose out of pain. And how, um, in instance, this is the purpose that I found out of all those years of pain. And not to say that this will be your purpose, but the bottom line of that episode was that the stuff that we go through, I personally feel that it's not for ourselves. It's so that we learn from it. And then when we see somebody in the future who is going through something similar to what we've gone through, we can be a help to them and let them know you can overcome it. And I truly believe that. Now, on this episode, I want to talk a little bit about how being diagnosed affects our mental health and in some cases causes depression. Or is it really depression that we go through? So let's get started. All right. Now, in chapter eight of the book, um, The Good News About the Bad News, author Terry Warren talks about psychological responses to um, gentle to herpes. Some of these emotional responses that she talks about are shock, um, um, surprise, anger, guilt, confusion, fear, embarrassment, loss, shame, isolation, and for some depression. Now we don't go through all of those things, but I mean, I can identify that I went through most of those stages and I'm pretty sure that you guys can, you know, say the same, that once you're diagnosed and dealing with being diagnosed, we've gone through many of those emotional, um, responses or all of them. Um, one of the things that I thought was interesting when I read this chapter is that Terry suggested that although we may feel depressed, about our diagnosis, we are not actually depressed. You know, we're suffering from, you know, either what she suggests to be stuck in sadness or feeling down or have a break or have a bleak, excuse me, outlook of our future, but not necessarily depression. Now, when I read that, I almost felt a little offended (laughs) because, um, when I think about it, um, how, how can you say that we just going through a sadness when something so life altering has happened? Of course, we're going to have a bleak outlook on stuff, but I think it's more deeper than that. She went on to say that most people work their way back to a normal psychological functioning within three to six months. And that's what I think really offended me because I was like, it took me years. Now, personally, that may mean that I truly did suffer from depression. But what she's trying to say is that not everybody suffers through depression. They just go through a short period of sadness. I feel some type of way about that. And the only reason why I say I feel some type of way about that is because I know several people who, you know, 
have been diagnosed with this virus. And yes, we come out on the other side just as I have and just as you will, but it doesn't happen within a three to six month time frame. That's not the norm. The norm is that it takes considerably a longer period in time than six months at the minimal to get through all of the emotions that we get through. Especially if you look back on what she just said, all of these things that she just outlined, these are things that we, um, these are some of the emotional responses that we go through after being diagnosed. She listed them. And not to say that these are all of them, but to list the ones that she did mention, that's a lot to go through. She said, look, she said that we go through shock, surprise, anger, guilt, confusion, fear, embarrassment, loss, shame, isolation, depression, just to name a few. That's 11 stages of emotional responses and to say that you get through those in three to six months I think is generalizing I think it's being very general um so I felt a little bit some type of way and I was like hmm if we who wouldn't feel that the outlook of their future was bleak when they just been you know diagnosed with something that's uncurable like this virus even though it's not terminal it is still quote unquote uncurable so to say that somebody would go through um return back to normal psychological functioning within three to six months I didn't really agree with to say the least um another thing that I I thought about when I read um this chapter and specifically this section about depression is that she must have not suffered from a virus or something that affects her health that is uncurable because there's no way that you can be told that this is something that you're afflicted with and you think that it doesn't affect you or it only affects you for three to six months there's no way even when I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and for those who are just um who are just starting to listen to this podcast. Um, I do have rheumatoid arthritis. I've had it for 10 years. So not as long as my diagnosis with um, herpes. But when I learned that I had rheumatoid arthritis, and to this day, it still affects me. When I learned I had rheumatoid arthritis, I used to cry all the time. For one, because I felt I was too young. I was 30 years old when I was first diagnosed with rheumatoid. And 30, I mean, you're still in your prime. You know what I'm saying? And even 40 now, I'm learning that 40, you're still in your prime. But still, 30 is still very young. And when I would go into these appointments and I would be in the waiting room, I would look around and I would see all of these older people walking with canes, white hair, gray hair. And I'm the youngest one in the waiting room. And I'm like, why me? And then recently, um, my doctor changed my treatment for rheumatoid arthritis. And I now have to have infusions that take three hours to work into my system. So I'm sitting in a room with other people who have rheumatoid arthritis connected to an IV and they drip the medicine into my body through saline solution. When I 
sat in that chair for the first time. I just started doing this treatment because my, my medicines from the past stopped working. When I sat in that chair, I began to cry. After they hooked the IV up to me, I began to cry. And the nurse came and she asked me, she said, what's wrong? And I said, this was a last resort for me. I didn't think I would have to do this until there were there was no more options for me. So the fact that this medicine is it was in my mind the last resort and I'm doing it 10 years after you know being diagnosed it was mentally um it broke me down. I'm not crying I'm just my nose is stuffed up. <laughs> you know I cry easily but um but I was messed up mentally because I was like what happens if this doesn't work? You know what I'm saying? So and there's no cure for rheumatoid arthritis. So it's not just herpes, but I think anything that affects your life for the rest of your life, when it comes to your health, or even if it comes to a loss, it's not that easy to get over. I don't think putting a timestamp on, oh, okay, you're not depressed and most people would um, get back to a normal psychological function within three to six months. This is what made me mad. Now, normally, typically, I like a lot of stuff she talks about in this book. Um, and I recommend this book to anyone who has been newly diagnosed or even if you've been diagnosed for years and you still have questions and you still are concerned about certain things like, like, like giving the virus to your partner, I recommend reading this book. I, this is just one point one section and one chapter out of all of the other chapters that I just don't necessarily agree upon. All right. Now, um, what was I going to say next? Got kind of got off bet off track. Um, Oh, in this chapter, in chapter eight, um, she did provide a checklist And in this checklist, she said, if you said yes to several of these questions. Now, what several means, I don't know. I know what a few means. I know what a couple is. A couple is two. I know a few is more than three and up. A few is like more than two or or three, I believe. Several doesn't really give you an idea of, of... (laughs) you know what I'm saying? It doesn't give you enough of an idea of when or you should not see, um, um, professional help, but she does provide a checklist. And she says, if you answer yes to several answers, then you may want to speak with a qualified mental health professional. So I'm going to actually read the checklist. And while I'm reading the checklist, take a mental note of what questions you answer yes to. And if it's more than I'm going to say, if it's more than this is me speaking, if it's more than half of the, of the, um, questions that you answer yes to, then maybe you should consider speaking with a qualified mental health professional to seek help. So here's the, um, checklist she provides, And, um, you can answer yes, or you can put a check mark or however you want to keep a tally of whether or not um, you're suffering from depression. So here we go. Question one, 
Are you persistently sad? Oh, let me let me just do this disclaimer too. I don't necessarily feel that these questions, all of these questions are qualifiers to say yes or no if you have depression. This is my disclaimer, okay? I personally feel that if you feel, you know whether or not something is not quite right, if you're not your normal self and it's persistent over a period of time, if you're persistently, if you feel that you have changed, your character, your behavior has changed over a persistent amount of time, then you know you should seek professional help. But for those who have questions or maybe, you know, I don't know, I don't know, then here's this checklist. But I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. All right, so question one, are you persistently sad? Question two, do you feel pessimistic about the future? Three, do you feel like, a failure four do you feel guilty five do you feel as if you're being punished I used to feel like that a lot six do you dislike yourself seven are you critical of yourself eight do you cry a lot nine are you irritable 10, have you lost interest in social activities? 11, are you having a hard time making decisions? 12, do you feel unattractive? 13, are you often tired for no physical reason? 14, have you lost interest in sex? 15, Have you lost your appetite? 16. Do you have trouble getting motivated to work? 17. Have you lost interest in things that you previously enjoyed? 18. Do you have trouble sleeping? And lastly, 19. Do you sometimes think you'd be better off dead? So those are the questions that she says if you um, answer yes to um, several of the questions asked, then you should speak with a qualified mental health professional. Okay. Now. Like I said, I don't find this um. Hey, are you there? Are you listening? Come here, I got a secret to share with you. It's a private group on Facebook called DWH. <laughs> hey, you guys, it's your girl, Yahira Jones. Yes, I've created a private Facebook group called DWH, which stands for Dating with Herpes. So how do you get to this group? Well, you have to go to facebook.com forward slash Yahira.jones.1. Again, that is facebook.com forward slash Y-A-H-I-R-A dot J-O-N-E-S dot the number one. That's the first step. 
Once you're there, I need you to send me an inbox message stating that you would like to join the Dating with Herpes private group. Once you've sent me that message, I will send you an invitation so that you can join the link. Now, this is a brand new page, so there's not a lot of content on the Hybrid Jones profile page, but I do have content on the group page. So again, go to my Facebook page, yahira.jones.1. Send me an inbox message saying that you would like to join the group and then I will send you an invitation. That's the only way to join at this time, but I want this to be a place where all of my listeners can come, share their stories with other listeners, and just be a community with each other. There are other, of course, herpes sites out there on Facebook, but this one I've created especially for you. So join me there. See you soon. check was completely credible um it's way too surface but if you feel that you are struggling mentally after being diagnosed then you should definitely seek professional mental health and I know that for some going to a psychologist going to a therapist going to a counselor seems taboo especially in the African um, African American community Um, I think that sometimes it's looked down upon to go to speak with somebody about something so private. But this is what I have to say. There's nothing wrong with seeking mental help. I've done it. I mean, there were periods where I was just completely down. Like I, I couldn't see myself out of it. And listening to these podcasts are fine. To know that, you know, that you're not alone. I know that helps. But speaking with an actual professional counselor, what they do, or a therapist or a psychologist, um, what they do is they help with identifying the cause. And I know it might be easy to say, well, this is the cause. But they may also give you better ways to cope. And if you're, if there is a chemical imbalance... Because that happens, you know, there are chemical imbalances that make us feel depressed and feel like there's no hope. They may be able to prescribe you with something that helps level you out. And there's nothing wrong with seeking that type of help help either. You know what I'm saying? It's better than the alternative where you may hurt yourself or, you know, commit suicide. It's better than that. And... Sometimes it may not last forever. You may just have to get past a certain point to, you know, become better. There's nothing wrong with seeking that type of help. It's not taboo. It's not cliche. It's not, and it doesn't make you crazy. You know, it doesn't make you crazy. And plus it's between you and your therapist. You don't have to tell anybody this is what you're doing. You know, you know, you don't have to tell your mom, you don't have to tell your friends, you don't have to tell your pastor, you know, this is something between you and a medical professional. And if you're saying, well, I can't afford that. If you work, a lot of employers, um, provide what is called an EP, EAP, what is it? EAP assistance. I don't know what it stands for, but I believe if you go to your human resources, um, 
person and ask if, you know, if the company provides EAP, they will be able to tell you whether or not it's provided. And EAP is completely free to you. You can use EAP not only for mental health, but you can use, like, if you having problems with, um, with budgeting, they can help you with that. If you need help with finding daycare, they can help you with that. And so what EAP does is that they give you a certain number of counseling sessions for free. And I believe with my employer, when I, when I used it, and I used it twice, and um, not just two sessions, but I, I went after I finished whatever, I think it was like six counseling section, sessions. I went back a couple of years later and I said, I need some more help. And I called the EAP and they set it up for another six counseling sessions. So, and it was extremely helpful. It was extremely helpful. And what my therapist did, and I don't know, I don't know the difference to be quite honest. I don't know the difference between um, a psychologist, a therapist and a counselor. And I believe one is able to prescribe medication. So whichever one that is, I went to that one (laughs) and, um, they were able to prescribe medication for me. Um, and I took it for a little while. I didn't take it for a long time. I took it for a little while and it just really helped that I was able to talk to someone who was unbiased, who didn't know anything about my family life, didn't know anything about me except for what I told them. And I was honest with them about it. And, and that counselor was able to help me figure out a better way of thinking. You get what I'm saying? That everything wasn't so bleak, even if it felt like it, that, you know, helped, she helped me to see the better parts of what was going on in my life and, and gave me a better outlook on all of the things that I'm great at. And this was years ago, but I'm so thankful that I used it because I was, when I tell y'all, I was like in a rabbit hole. I was getting deeper and deeper in depression (laughs) and I identified and I said, you know what? This is not me. And I remember one time my mom was like, what is going on with you? You know? And I was like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you because it was that bad. And I think when she started questioning, like you need to you need to figure something out because this is you are not acting like yourself. That's what shook me a little bit because, you know, my mom doesn't normally get in my in my business like that. But for her to to stop me, it was like, what is going on with you? You're not acting like yourself. I knew it was time to seek help. But anyway, um, so if you identify that, you know, if you answer some of those questions, you were like, yeah. Of, of several, whatever several is, I would say half of those questions and seek help. See if your company has EAP. Um, and if you continue to suffer and you can't see your way out and you know, you don't have any, any other resources, um, don't be afraid to reach out, um, to like, um, um, pastors or whatever, anyone who can help you kind of, see clearer. Um, I've never actually spoken with a pastor like that. So, um, I don't know what they can do to help, but maybe they can provide you with other resources. Just, you know, go to them and say, look, I'm, I'm having difficulty 
um, in a certain area of my life? Do you know of anyone I can speak with, you know, privately, not you, (laughs) but privately that, you know, that would have an unbiased, you know, um, approach to counseling. And hopefully they'll be able to, you know, provide you with some resources. And if you feel hopeless and you consider doing something that's irreversible, like suicide, please call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. And that number is 1-800-273-8255, 1-800-273-8255. And you can call or you can go online and you can chat with them online on their website. All right. So now what's going on in my world? (laughs) Me and my guy, we are still going and we're still going strong. There's been some rockiness. You know, I I I felt like I wasn't getting enough attention sometimes. So (laughs) um, I had to really um, talk to him. I decided to talk to him about it and actually use my mom as a, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She was like the, I said, well, my mom said you need to spend some more time with me. That's what I did. <laughs> and, um, and he did, he was like, I'm sorry. Cause he's a workaholic, but, um, we're getting to a point where we're becoming more comfortable with each other. So I was able to express myself to him and he made a great effort to, um, make me feel better about things and hopefully there'll be some new developments in the next few months you know we'll see I will definitely keep you guys posted on that I mentioned that I was back in school so I'm super excited about that I'm finally doing something that I've always wanted to do I've always wanted to dream now I do have my master's degree I'm not a stranger to being in school but I decided to follow something that I thought I couldn't do, you know, or that I wasn't, um, equipped enough to do. So what I did, what I decided to do is go back to school so that I can learn how to be, um, you know, how I can work this industry. I want to learn about the industry first before I put my work out there and it'd be a mess. (laughs) So I'm going to talk a little bit more about my project in upcoming episodes. So stay tuned when it comes to that. Um, as I stated before, my family life is still crazy. My sister's, you know, she's 16. She's smelling herself and she thinks she knows everything. Um, I wasn't that type of teenager. I may have thought I knew everything, but I didn't tell my mama I thought I knew everything or my teeth wouldn't have been knocked out my mouth. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I was that type of teenager. I respected my mom and she has no respect. And, um, that's just how some of these kids are. Um, and I, I realized we, we got, you know, professional help for her. Um, you know, she's in counseling too because she's adopted, you know, and I realized that there's a lot of questions going on and what's happening instead of asking those questions and seeking the truth that she wants, she's acting out and we're trying to get her to understand that it's okay to be angry. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to want to know where you come from, but what's not okay is to be disrespectful for the, to the one that brought you in and treated you as their own, which is my mom. You know, she did it out of love for 
her. She adopted her out of love for her. So to be disrespectful, to, you know, leave and be gone for weeks at a time. So that's what she's is. That's the pattern that she's doing now. Um, it's just leaving and being gone for weeks at a time. That's not cool. So, um, I think she sees now that she's in counseling, she sees the error of her ways. She's on the quest to finding her biological family. Um, and we're willing to help her, you know, every step of the way. But I'm going to tell you the truth that God's honest truth. After this last episode, I was done with her. Like I said, I'm not putting up with the disrespect. And I told my mom to let her go. <laughs> let her go. She thinks there's something else out there for her. Let her find it. Let her learn the hard way. But um, I thank God for my mom's heart because she wouldn't allow that to happen. She she did not want to give up on her. And so hopefully, you know, um, we can help her with finding, you know, the answers that she's looking for. Um, yeah, so those are the things that are going on with me. Oh, remember I told you guys that, you know, I was experiencing these um, sensations that I thought were outbreaks and it ended up being veins. So I actually went to, um, my OBGYN to look into more about these veins. Now, of course, when I go, the sensations that I was having and they got excruciating at one point, um, the sensations that I was having, I was having stopped right before, like a couple of days before it was time for me to go to my OBGYN. You know, that always happens. You have something going on with you. You make the appointment. By the time the appointment comes, whatever the problem was is no longer a problem. You know, that happens all the time. So he wasn't able to diagnose. He said he saw the veins there, but he said, looking at him at that time, it didn't show to be a problem. And what he thought was that I was just having an outbreak. But as I tried to explain to him, when I went to my regular doctor, she saw no signs of an outbreak. All she saw were those veins. And what could have happened in my thought process is that they were actually just inflamed or they were irritated or whatever. But by the time I went to him, I wasn't having that problem. So it's still unknown what really was going on or what, what is going on with my body. My next step, and I was hoping that he would be able to really pinpoint that as the issue and put and document that on paper because I do have varicose veins. They're all over my legs. I hate them. I don't even wear shorts in the summertime. But, um, and I'm light-skinned, so that's extra problem. <laughs> so it's, they, they're like snakes on my leg. Um, but I was hoping that he would document it, that I was having this problem. And he probably did, but he didn't document that he believed it was the source of the problem. But I was hoping he would because I w- I'm still going to go to a vein clinic. And if it's documented that it's not cosmetic for the reason that I want to get rid of the veins, then insurance will pay for it. But otherwise, me wanting to get rid of these veins is purely cosmetic and I got to come out of pocket. So we're going to see. I'm still going to go to a vein clinic, tell them about the episode that I had. And maybe they can, you know, um, 
give me some clarification on what was going on if or not, if, if if it was or was not the problem but it's still a mystery at this point <laughs> but anyway guys we are at the 33 minute point so i'm gonna end it here thank you guys as always for always listening um always supporting we are at 6,000 plays since the last time i spoke to y'all and i think that was maybe a month at the most and i've had a thousand more plays since then so that's to me is amazing um but if you are interested in hitting me up or reaching out to me if you have any questions if you have any topic ideas please email me at yahira jones hope um at gmail.com that's y-a-h-i-r-a-j-o-n-e-s-h-o-p-e at gmail.com you can also press if you're listening on anchor you can press the message button at the bottom of the screen to leave me a message or if you're listening on any other streaming platform like um um what is it apple podcast or whatever you can tell i don't have an iphone but (laughs) but if, if you're listening on spotify you can go to the show notes um and leave me a message that way all right i love you guys um until next time Take care and God bless.